Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled Training in Grace, presented by Pastor Floyd Silva on March 4th, 2018. All right, we're ready, right? Well, good morning. We're going to start a new series this morning. So if you grab your Bibles, we're going to be looking at the book of 1 Timothy. And there's just so much to cover in here. It's a, a small little book, but there's a whole lot to gain in regards to what God is telling us uh, through the Apostle Paul as he's sharing this message to a fellow brother in the faith, uh, Timothy. And so this morning, um, I'm going to take it from the perspective of uh, training, training for godliness. First Timothy 4, we're going to read this in a second, uh, talks about how we train for godliness and how important it is for us as believers to physically and spiritually train our bodies in regards to godliness. And so um, we're going to kind of take the next few weeks to look at First Timothy. We're going to be training for godliness. I love the little graphic there because it's a, it's a race that we're running and we're running towards the cross of Jesus Christ. And uh, I'm excited about just all the things that I believe God's going to do for us as we go on this journey together. And uh, everybody, um, do you guys watch college basketball? Anybody? No? Yeah, I don't either. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay, though. But this month is, is March Madness, and so there's this excitement, this, this uh, uproar of, of just the, the, all the college teams playing in these big tournaments and all that good stuff. And, uh, but we're not going to worry about that. We're going to create our own March Madness. We're going we're gonna to train this month for, for godliness together as a church and the body of Christ. And, and as we get into God's Word, we're going to discover all the great things He has for us. I want to share with you uh, kind of a, a fun little story, uh, a personal story. About 10 years ago, plus or minus a year or two, uh, I had a friend that ran 5K races all the time. And uh, he had been doing it for many years. And, and uh, he knew I ran a little bit. And so he invited me to come and uh, run a race with him for the very first time. And so I said, sure, let's do this. You know, I had to sign up and do all the things. And uh, they give you a little event shirt and little name tag kind of thing with a number on it. It's actually a lot of fun uh, to do these races. And uh, so this was my very first race. And so I show up that morning. I meet him over there. My wife comes. Of course, she wants to support me and, and do all that good stuff to show that she's right behind me. Um, and so as I get to the race, I, I pull up, we get out, and, and there's my friend Mark, and he's, he's there, and he's uh, stretching, and he's saying, hey, you know, here's, here's some kind of thoughts before we get into the race, and he starts to coach me a little bit, all right? He's telling me what to do and what not to do, and, and of course, there's, there's probably hundreds of people there. I don't know, maybe, maybe not quite that many. It just seems like there's a ton of people, and so as, as I go into the race, I'm, I'm a little competitive, you know, it's my first race. I want to do well, you know. I run a lot. I think I'm ready for this. And so I kind of survey the, the crowd and I see a lot of young bucks and a little bit of, of some older guys. And, and uh, I kind of just kind of watch. And as Mark kind of tells me what to do and what not to do, in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, this is what I'm going to do. All right. And so I get in the race and, and you know, it's a, it's a gun, gunshot kind of start. You know, they line us up. And of course, there's a crowd of people. And, and Mark tells me, hey, don't worry about getting to the front. You know, just run your race. You know, don't worry about those young guys because, man, they're going to just go and don't feel like you got to keep up with them. And, and so, again, you know, I listen to his advice and I just say, you know, I'm going to run my race. <laughs> and so I get to the front of the line. 
I'm lined up to a bunch of probably teenage kids, maybe late teens, you know, early 20s. And I'm kind of looking at them. I'm looking at Mark kind of does his thing. He's back to the back a little bit. And uh, so the race goes and we're, we're off and we're running. And of course, you know what? I, I want to win this, you know, I, I want to be out in the front of the pack, and so I'm running hard, you know, I'm, I'm pushing, you know, maybe a six, seven minute mile, I don't know, who knows, it felt like I was just running all out, and about a mile and a half into the race, maybe, maybe that much, um, I'm probably giving myself the benefit of the doubt, but about a mile and a half into the race, I just start to gas. I'm just like, oh my gosh, what am I doing here? Why did I sign up for this? My legs are hurting. People are passing me. Little six-year-olds are running by me, looking at me. Like, what are you doing here, old man? You know, and I'm running, and I'm still trying to, okay, I got to finish this. I got to finish this. But in my mind, I'm ready to quit. I really am. In my mind, I'm thinking to myself, you know what? Who's to say you can't just pull over into this neighborhood, work your way around, and get back and just go home, you know? And so I'm about a mile and a half into it, and I just remember as I'm running, all of a sudden I kind of feel someone coming up behind me, and I'm thinking, all right, here's another person that's going to pass me. And sure enough, it's my buddy Mark. And he runs by me, and he just kind of jogs by me with a big smile, and he just looks at me and he says, Floyd, you doing all right? <laughs> I don't know if he was being condescending or not. <laughs> But I think he knew because he had run these races before and he had the experience and understanding of how to run them in a way to be victorious. See, he understood that. And I I think what Paul is doing here for not only for Timothy, but for you and I is he's helping us to understand how we train and how we run the race that God has placed before us so that we run it to win it so that we run it with endurance, so that we keep our pace, so that we can see it through from the beginning to the end. See, and that's the mistake that I made in this race, is that I went all out at the beginning. I I, I thought I could run, you know, six-minute pace all the way through. And the reality is that, that I couldn't. And I think sometimes we need to think about that in our spiritual life is that we, we get excited, we hear a good message, we, we, we read a great passage and we get so excited about what God's doing in our life and then we run and we go. And then we realize that, that we really aren't prepared for some of the things that are ahead of us. We really haven't done the work that is necessary to run the race and see it all the way through. Well, we see here in 1 Timothy, and I want to open with this passage here. Chapter 4, verses 7 8. This is what he says to Timothy. He says, Having nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths, rather train yourselves for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. See what he's drawing us here, a picture of that. This is more than just the here and now. This is for eternity. And the road ahead may be rocky. We may face difficult times. We may come to places where we don't completely understand. And maybe there's some people that are teaching us some wrong things and things that aren't really godly and aren't biblical and it discourages us or moves us to an unhealthy place. But he says, train yourself for godliness. 
See, what I think Paul is telling us here, he's saying, get ready to get into the game. You know, as these guys, these basketball players and people that are athletes, as they think about the game that they are playing, they spend time through the week training physically to be prepared for a few short moments, a few brief moments in, in, in time. See, Paul is telling us to get in the game and be prepared not only for today, for those brief few moments, but for eternity. Because there's so much ahead of us. So the question is, how do we do this? How do we train spiritually? How do we move from just showing up to actually stepping up? Well, I think before we can actually get on the field that we need to, to think about and talk about how we train and some of the steps that we can take to train for godliness. And so this morning, what I'd like to do, I'd like to start by talking about how we train in grace. Yeah, I can imagine, I don't know about you guys, but I, I go to the gym and I go with a few buddies and, and uh, you know, one of the guys from here, he's sitting right in front, I won't point at him or anything like that. But, you know, could you imagine if I, I showed up with him and he's expecting this workout to train together as, as, a, as buddies and, and to, you know, to grow in our strength and do all that stuff. And, and I showed up to the gym and, and I just kind of walked around. Oh, this is cool. I like this place. A lot of fun. Wow, what does that do? Uh, I'm not really touching that, but, you know. <laughs> you know, really, sometimes I think we, we come to church with that kind of a mindset. Now, I really want you to think about that. We, we come and we gather on Sunday mornings and, and we look around and we're like, oh man, the worship was great. The music was wonderful. It, it just, I loved it. The message was good or the message wasn't so good. But we never really take advantage of the equipment that's right in front of us the tools that God has given us to train spiritually, to grow together as the church. See, in, in 1 Timothy, in our passage this morning, he's going to help us to think about how we start by training in grace. Let's pray together and we'll read the passage. Father, we thank you so much for this morning. We thank you for the great privilege to gather together in Jesus' name. Lord, as we come together, we ask that you would speak to our hearts, um, speak to our minds. Father, remove all the distractions of, of this life that may be interfering right now with the things that you want to say to us, the things that you want to do in and through us, Father. Lord, if we've come to a plateau in our training, Father, I pray that this morning would be the moment that you move us from a place of comfort or a place of easiness, that you would stretch us this morning, to rethink how we're training spiritually. Father, I pray that if we're just at the beginning of the journey, that you would help us to understand the things that you have for us, Father, why you've placed us here and why you've brought us together and to have a greater understanding of the tools, the things that you've given us so that we can grow in our faith, so that we can help one another we can encourage one another by strengthening each other through your word, through time together, and through the precious name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you for this, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'd like to look at, at the first chapter of First Timothy, and I just want to look at a few verses, starting in verse 12, 
and uh, just talking about verses 12 through 17. So let's, let's read those together this morning. Starting in verse 12, Paul says, I thank him who has given me strength, Christ Jesus our Lord, because, because he has judged me faithful, appointing me to his service. Though formerly I was a blasphemer, persecutor, and insolent opponent, but I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of who I am the foremost. But I received mercy for this reason, that in me as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who are to believe in him for eternal life. To the king of the ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Well, there are three things that, that I think we can apply to our lives through what Paul is saying about how we experience God's grace. And, and the first thing that he says here in verse 1 is that we are to train to serve. He starts off right away by saying, I thank him who has given me strength, Christ Jesus our Lord, because he judged me faithful, appointing me to his service. See, Paul knows that God has given him all that he needs to live this life to glorify God. He understands the calling, the, the path that God has set him upon and placed in his life. And he understands what needs to be done. See, his appointment is to serve. If you look at the life of Paul, when he gave his life to Christ, when he fully surrendered, he began this ministry, this service to God. And he did it all in Jesus' name and he understood that his strength came through Jesus Christ. So he was training to serve and he was also training others to serve. As he pours into this young man, Timothy, he helps him to understand that he is grateful for all of the things that God has done in his life. He gives God the glory for the things that have happened to this point. See, Paul is seeking to serve God and he's seeking to do it in Jesus' name. I wonder if sometimes when we serve, if you think about it, if we, if we did it from a different attitude with a, more of a, a grateful heart of service. You know, I, I know sometimes when, when we're asked to do some of the things that, that we don't really like to do in service, you know, like tear down chairs or clean restrooms or things like that, we kind of can have a little bit of a mumble, grumble kind of mindset. But I think what Paul's doing here is he's helping us to understand that a heart of gratitude creates a different dynamic in our service. When we understand what we can be thankful for, what God's done in our life, and the grace that he's shown us, even though I think we'll, we'll serve and behave and, and act and respond to those things in a different way. I remember at one time, a great mentor of mine we were talking a little bit and I just kind of mentioned to him, I said, you know, for whatever reason, I'm just kind of feeling a little overwhelmed with all that I've got going on in my life right now. 
And his response was pretty simple. He didn't, he didn't give me a big lecture about it. He didn't, he didn't encourage me in the sense of saying, oh, well, you know, let me help you take some of these things. He simply just said this. He says, Floyd, you know, I've learned over the years that in the moments that I'm overwhelmed, it's usually because I'm approaching life from an ungrateful heart. And I had to kind of chew on that because it, it didn't really make sense to me in that moment. It really didn't, I didn't understand what he was trying to tell me. And that's really all he said to me. And at first I thought, well, is he telling me that I'm not thankful? Because, you know, I, I think I'm thankful. You know, I thank God every morning when I wake up and I pray. I thank God throughout the day. You know, I have a lot to be thankful for. But as I kind of chewed on it and, and even over, over weeks and, and months of kind of hearing him say that to me, I, I realized that, that in those moments of overwhelmness is what happened to me is that I've taken my eyes off the good things that God has given me. And I, I was focusing on all, all the things of this world, all the things that I had to do. You know, my mindset had changed to something that, that it shouldn't have changed to. And then I got this passage from God in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 1. He simply says, Therefore, having this ministry, listen to this, by the mercy of God, we, don't, we do not lose heart. See, ministry by definition means service. So we, we can change that and say, but because God has given us this opportunity to serve and do things for his kingdom, for, for people around us, because of this great mercy and grace that he's given us, see, we don't have to lose heart. See, we can focus on, on all of the good things that God has given us as we train ourselves to serve. And then Paul goes on in 2 Corinthians in the same chapter 4, verses 17 and 18. He says this. He says, For this light momentary affliction is doing what? It is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. Again, the mindset, the focus. What are we focusing in on? For the things that are seen are transient, temporary, but the things that are unseen are eternal. See, this affirms what Paul tells us in 1 Timothy 4. Why we train spiritually. See, it's not just for today, it's for eternity. See, when we train to serve, we train our minds to think of the things that are eternal. The, train our mind to think of the things that are godly, that are biblical. See, that's where we find our encouragement. And the momentary afflictions, they're just temporary. They're transient. And they're nothing in comparison to the eternity that God promises us. See, I, I realize that that serving is hard. I, I know it's hard to do the things that, that God has called us to do. I know it's hard to live in obedience at times because sometimes, you know, we're, we're just like children. We, we just want to do our own thing, right? You know, there's moments, Sunday mornings where I get up, I'm, I don't want to go. I'm kidding, I'm joking. There's moments when we think, 
man, I just don't feel like it this morning. I just don't want to do it. You know, sometimes it can be hard. I got to imagine you guys are, agree with me in that because it's not always easy to serve God. It's not always easy to live in obedience to God. But what Paul is doing for us, he's telling us, you know what? Training is hard. You know, I, I wrestled as a kid and I, wrestling is my favorite sport of all sports of all time. A lot of people don't understand it. A lot of people think it's silly. Two guys in this little swimsuit hugging each other and rolling on the ground, you know. But I, I tell you what, that, that sport, wrestling, stretches you. If you've ever wrestled before, and I know a few people in here have, I tell you what, it stretches you. It pushes you to a point where mentally you have to make a decision. Am I going to be in this or am I going to walk away? There, there's no middle ground for a wrestler. There really isn't because either you're all in or you're not. Because if you're only halfway in, you'll never experience any kind of success. You'll never experience the things. And I tell you what, as you do that, as you get all in, you're going to be stretched. You're going to push your muscles. You're going to push your mental capacity to, to a level that, that you'll probably never experience in any other way. But I think that's what God wants to do with us spiritually too. He, he wants to stretch us a little bit. He wants to move us out of our comfort zone. And there's things that we're very comfortable in doing. There's things that we're very satisfied in the sense of how we serve God. And you know, this is great. I love it. It's easy. I can do this. I'm strong. I got this, God. No problem. But then there's moments when God kind of tweaks us a little bit and he wants to stretch us. And he says, hey, Floyd, you know what? I, I need you to do this. I, I need you to go knock on this person's door and say, hey, my name's Floyd. And for whatever reason, God just led me over here to come and say hello and introduce myself to you. And there, there's moments when God stretches us and usually those are the moments that we realize and uh, begin to understand that, hey, you know what? I am not so strong. I actually might have some weaknesses in my life. See, I think God helps us to discover those weaknesses. And you know what? I, I know it's important for us to know our strengths, right? We talk about that all the time, you know? What are your gifts? What are you good at? You know, what are the abilities and the strengths and the things that God is giving you to do? But when we think about our weaknesses, we don't always want to talk about those things, do we? We don't always want to confess that mm, I'm not so strong in this area. Uh, you know, I, I kind of struggle with being patient. And, and honestly, I don't, I don't like to be patient. Uh, yeah, loving somebody, uh, you know, I, I don't know about that. I don't even know him. How do you expect me to love him? You know, those are the, some of the things that we do. But, but what Paul is telling us here in verses 13 and 14, he's saying, train despite your weaknesses. Train despite your weaknesses. Listen to what he says here. He says, though formerly I was a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an insolent opponent but I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief. And the, 
the, the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Hey, I was a weak, foolish individual and I acted ignorantly. I acted and used my weaknesses to do some very bad things. But because of God's grace, because of God's love, he blessed me and he helped me to overcome those weaknesses. See, Paul's weaknesses here are a reflection of his sin. Because we, we know who Paul was, right? We know that Paul persecuted the church. We know that Paul was Saul before his conversion. We know that Paul did some very bad things in the Christian community and to the Christian community. But yet, what happens on that road when God gets a hold of him? God breaks him down and, and he shows him these weaknesses. He shows him his sin and he changes him. And he does some things in Paul that affect you and I today. Because of the things that God did through Paul, you and I have a faith. You and I have an understanding of what it means to train and to be stretched and to do the things that God has for us despite our weaknesses. Again, listen to what he says. The grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. See, this is Paul training in grace. He's not only reminding us, but he's reminding himself. He's reminding Timothy of the grace and the love and the faith that he has been given. So how do we train despite our weaknesses? What are we going to do to, to remind ourselves that no matter who you were or who you think you are, that God will give you the grace that overshadows any weakness you think you might have. Well, listen to what it says in 2 Corinthians 12, verses 8 and 9. Paul says, Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said this to me, My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect through what? Through your weakness. See, he goes on to say, Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses. And this is the reason why. So that the power of Christ may rest upon me. See, when we understand our weaknesses, we'll begin to allow the power of Christ to take over and our dependence isn't upon our own abilities but on what Christ has done for us. We find our strength in Jesus Christ. We find our strength in the cross of Jesus Christ because what has been done for us and what has been given to us. Second Peter Verses one, uh, verse two, uh, chapter one, verse two says, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. See, if we want grace to be abundant in our lives, we need to train 
despite our weaknesses. We can't let them hinder our service. We can't let them stop us or slow us down. You know, I, I always use the analogy of when you're driving down the road and, and you come up to a speed bump, do you stop? No, you don't. Some might slow down. Others might just plow through. <laughs> but either way, that speed bump isn't there to stop you. It's just there to slow you down and remind you. You need to slow down a little bit. See, I think that's what God does for us. Sometimes there's things in our life that are, that are speed bumps, but what happens is they end up stopping us. Because we feel weak, we feel un, unable or unable to do it, or, or for whatever reason we find. But that, that, that hindrance, that affliction, the things we, we plead with God, please take away from me. God didn't allow them to be there so that they would stop us. But I think sometimes he allows them to be there so that they'll slow us down and remind us of this simple fact that his grace is sufficient. Amen? Amen? God's grace is sufficient for you. For his power is made perfect in your weakness. See, you and I, we, we just have to rest in this grace. We have to find peace in God's grace. And we have to train towards a greater faith, a greater understanding of the wisdom, of the knowledge of this grace that God has for you and I, that God has given us through his son, Jesus Christ. Well, this brings us to what Paul encourages us with next in verse 16. It's that we would train to reflect Jesus Christ. He says in verse 16, but I received mercy for this reason, that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. See, your training the things that God's doing in your life, the way he's created you and the path that he set you on, all the things that God is doing, he's training you so that you might bring glory to his name, that you might be a reflection of his son, Jesus Christ, because we have to remember that you and I may be the only Jesus that someone sees. I had someone this last week tell me a story and I, and I put this out here as a caution if you, if you identify yourself as a member of Soul Rio Church or as the body of Christ, if you, if you have a, any kind of church symbol on your car or if, if you wear the, the cute little churchy t-shirts, I offer this to you, okay? If you're at a service place, if you're buying a coffee, if you're doing something out there in the world, don't be grumpy. Especially if you have the shirt on especially if you have the bumper sticker on because that will be the Jesus that the world knows. That will be the Jesus that the world identifies with. I heard a story this last week of someone that was serving someone and this person was grumpy but they were wearing that, that church jacket, t-shirt very proudly probably not even realizing what they were doing. See, 
our training is to bring glory to God. He says this, that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example. Circle that. It's an example to those who were intended to hear the gospel. To those that I am trying to draw into a personal relationship with me. So I am going to use you to share the hope and the love and the faith and the grace that I have given you. I hope we're hearing that this morning. I hope we see the fact that God wants to use us to reflect Jesus Christ. See, Paul had been training. He had been doing all of these things to share the glory, the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And at this point in his life, as he comes to the end of his ministry, he is training someone else. He is looking to pass the baton. And for you and I, we can take what Paul is saying here and we can learn how we too should train for godliness. How we should train in grace. See, it's important for us to stop playing church and begin to be the church. I want to close with this last passage in 1 Peter. And I offer it this morning to us as, as possibly a motivator. You know, when, when we exercise, it's hard to get motivated, right? You know, getting up early in the morning, if you work out in the morning physically, it's hard to get motivated. In the middle of the day, it's even harder for me to get motivated because I'm tired, I've worked all day long, and I'm like, oh man, I don't want to do this. But I, I think it's the same way in our spiritual life. We, we have to find that motivator, right? We have to find what gets us up and out of bed in the morning to do what God has called us to do and to live for Jesus Christ. To get us to train. Well, I want to offer this passage in 1 Peter as a motivator to ensure that we are prepared to get in the game. 1 Peter 3.15 says, But in your hearts, honor Christ. The Lord is holy always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason, for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. I want to ask you this morning, are, are you ready to step up? Are you ready to run the race? Are you ready to get in the game? If you are, great. Get off the bench and let's go. But if you're not, don't walk away. Don't walk away. If you're not ready, if you don't feel like you're prepared, then you know what? Let's, let's go on a journey together to train. Let's go on a journey together to discover how we can prepare to defend the hope and the faith and the love that, that we've been given. And not in a defense in the sense of being defensive, but being offensive. To have a plan to, to think about what God has for us and how God wants to use us. And I believe that where we begin is simply by signing up. <laughs> you know, that race that I ran that day, I would have never ran that race if I wouldn't have signed up for it. I signed up weeks in advance, but I didn't realize what it was going to take 
to run that race the way I needed to run that race. See, when you sign up, God has given us the tools so that we can be prepared to run the race that he set before us. So I want to ask you this morning, are you ready to sign up? Are you ready to get in the game? Because that's the first step. And what I mean by that, are you ready to confess with your mouth, to believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord? See, the moment you do that, is that that's the moment you sign up for the game. That's the moment you join the team. That's the moment you, you become a child of God. Will you bow your heads with me? I want to pray this morning. I want to ask you, wherever you're at in this spiritual journey, whatever God is doing in your life at this moment, whether it's simply you just need to sign up and, and confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, or maybe you've already done that. Maybe you've just kind of been attending the gym and coming to church and just kind of checking it out and enjoying all the things that are cool in the gym the nice chairs, all that good stuff, but you haven't really taken the opportunity to use the equipment. Wherever you're at this morning, I want to ask you, are you ready to get in the game? Are you ready to be a participant in all that God has for you? All that God wants to do in you and through you? I want to ask you to take that step this morning. And all it is is you just saying, God, I'm here. And I believe that your son died on a cross for me. I believe that, that, that you paid a price that I couldn't pay. Father, I confess my sin to you, that I've been disobedient, that I've walked away from you. I've been running away from you, and now I need to run to you. Father, I'm sorry for the things that I've done and I ask that you would give me grace. And I want you to know that that God's grace is abundant. God's grace is sufficient. Whatever you've done, whatever you've experienced, God offers you forgiveness and grace. And this gift of grace, it's free. There's no admittance price. All you have to do is give your life to him. All you have to do is sign up, join the team, and begin to discover the things that has, God has for you. See, the equipment is here. Everything is here. God has provided for us. We just have to take the steps towards it to start training. Father, as we come together in your name, Father, as we, we think about all the things that we've done in this life, to this point. Father, I pray that, that we would look back upon them not, not as, as an opportunity to, to create a moment of, of weakness or to, to think that we can stop or not move forward, Father, but to, to reflect on the things that we did so that we can move towards the things that you have for us. Father, that we can pause for a moment in this life so that we could hear your voice, so that we can hear how you want us to live this life, how you want us to run this race. Father, that we would listen to the instructions that you've given us. 
Lord, I, I thank you so much for your love and your grace. I thank you that you've ordained these moments, that you've brought us together in these moments, that you've done the things that need to be done to bring us to this place. Father, I just thank you so much for all that you are and all that you're doing. And Father, this morning, I pray that wherever we are on this journey, wherever we are, that you would move us, that you would touch us, and that you would help us and strengthen us, Father, that we would be dependent on you and you alone. Lord, as we sing this last song, as we worship you, Father, that we would just surrender all that we are to you this morning. Lord, we love you and we thank you, and we do it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening, and we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Soul Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505-792-8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com. At Soul Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ, committed to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.